0: Anything we can do to deliver extraordinary service and blow people away with customer service miracles and exceed their expectations, that's gonna set us apart from most of our competitors.
1: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners. That's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average patch of land loan closes in just seven days. Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to PatchofLand.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Don Hudson. Hi, Don. Joe, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. Don is joining us from Memphis, Tennessee, where he is the CEO of U.S. Learning. And my gosh, Don has a ton of experience in negotiating entrepreneurship and selling value. And in fact, his books tie into that, where He is the author or co-author of 12 books, including his latest, Selling Value, and he also has two international bestsellers on Wall Street Journal's list and the New York Times International bestsellers list, and those books are The One-Minute Entrepreneur and The One-Minute Negotiator, so really excited to talk to you, Don, about negotiation and selling value and, and learning how you approach that, and you can always say hi to Don at DonHudson.com. So with that being said, Don, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, Joe. And uh, I'm delighted to be with you
0: today, uh, to be with your listeners and to talk about negotiations and selling value. My background is uh, working my way through college selling real estate, got a major in sales and went to work for a sales training firm selling enrollments in seminars. And uh, did a good job of doing that with small group meetings, and ended up on the speaking circuit. So uh, here I am, uh, three or four decades later, rocking and rolling, traveling all over the world, and speaking and writing. So it's been a fun run. Well,
1: when you talk about you know how you started in real estate, and then you you uh, you know you kind of your career took off from there. One of the things that I know. It has to be near and dear to your heart is the selling value part because that's your latest book. So can you tell us a little bit about, cause I imagine this ties into how you got to where you're at, what selling value is and what can we do about it? How do we use it? I'd be happy to Joe. Selling value is, um, by perception a sales training book, but it's really much
0: more than that. I subscribe to the thesis that everybody is in sales, regardless of what title is on their business card. Every time we open our mouths, we wanna be credible, convincing, persuasive, effective influencers. And as a result of that, we've all got to understand the latest and best ideas of professional selling. So as everything has become more complex and competition has gotten keener and deals are tougher to do in so many ways, it behooves us to know more about uh, advanced selling techniques, negotiations, and all the things that uh, can help us get from where we are to where we wanna be. So that's what I concentrate on. I'd say the number one takeaway from the Selling Value book to your direct question is that the most important definition of value is the definition your prospect gives it, and that's not going to be one out of the dictionary. If you've got four different prospects you're working with on four different deals, I'll bet you, you've got four different definitions of value that are on the horizon, and as a result of that, we've got to ask really good questions and understand what's going on inside the head of the person we're negotiating with or dealing with so that we can fully understand what they most want to get out of the deal because it's only through understanding that that we're able to get what we want out of the deal.
1: What are some questions or what types of questions can be asked in order to determine how they define value?
0: Well, I think we need to start broad and then get more definitive as the questioning increases and improves. But uh, the first general observation I would make is the better the question you ask, the better and more in-depth the answer you're going to get. So, I would opt for um, fewer questions but better quality questions. And that takes us to a, a kind of a different realm. First of all, we've got to make sure that we're extremely good listeners and that we're willing to take notes as we converse with people. And then we begin to ask questions that focus on our perception of their needs so that we can either verify or validate where we think they're coming from, whether we can gain clarity because they set us straight with an agenda slightly different than what we thought they had. So uh, a general question, something like, uh, tell me what you're trying to accomplish with this transaction. Many times the answer right out of their mouth will be something different from what we would have anticipated. So starting with uh, broad general questions and then becoming uh, a little deeper and drilling with more detail into the psyche of that other person is what's going to truly help us.
1: And it sounds like since you're a proponent of fewer questions but better quality questions, it's probably staying away from the yes-no questions.
0: Well, uh, a yes-no question is basically a closed-in question that really does not get you any elaboration. That that one-word answer doesn't really tell us too much Um, unless uh, it's something like, um, I understand you want to have this deal done by the end of the month. Is that still the case? And they say yes, and okay, that's valuable information. But a lot of times, the closed-end question requiring, requiring a one-word answer doesn't get you nearly as much information as you'd like to have. I like open-ended questions a lot better.
1: When, when we talk about, because yeah, I know you're a proponent of companies differentiating themselves. When we talk about differentiating, first, what does that mean? And second, what are some effective ways you've seen companies differentiate themselves?
0: Okay, that's a great question. I agree with the people who say that if you, you want to move up, you got to stand out and the world does not need another me too real estate investor or a real estate broker or agent today. I think we all need to think about how we can be different from and better than our competition. And I love to ask salespeople, tell me how you and your offerings are different from and better than your competition. And if the salesperson says, duh, I know they're in trouble because they have difficulty articulating their differentiated advantages. Most people think there are two types of differentiation, essentially product or price, and I think there's a much more sophisticated approach to it than that. There are other differentiators, like relationship differentiation. If two people really want to do business together, the details are not going to get in the way many times, but if either one of them does not want to do business with the other, the details are not going to make it happen. We've got experiential differentiation. In a traditional selling situation, anything we can do to deliver extraordinary service and blow people away with customer service miracles and exceed their expectations, that's going to set us apart from most of our competitors. So that's the service model of experiential. Then we've got process differentiation. That's how you do what you do. We need to take the advice of Dr. Peter Drucker who said that bright business people are always fine tuning every aspect of every process of doing business. So how can we make it more customer friendly? How can we make it simpler? With more complex deals out there today, what can we do to uh, demystify the essence of it and make it a simple, doable process for people? Then we've got uh, technological differentiation. That might be the uh, technology in many different perspectives. It could have to do with a product, or it could have to do with uh, our technological capability to communicate, either uh, electronically or uh, via instrument, in such a way that we've got the capability to communicate with people any way they want to. We've also got marketing differentiation, meaning that if if you've got something that's somewhat commoditized. And the competition is really tough. If you can outsell your competitor, you've got an advantage. That's a good differentiator. And then, of course, uh, there's price. And I always say uh, we don't want to do, uh, we don't want to cut too far into price. We want to preserve our margin in every way we can. So those are the basic differentiators, and I think we need to be as insightful as we can, Joe, to figure out how we can go to market in a manner that's got us better positioned than our co- competitors.
1: Which one's your favorite?
0: Well, I like relationship differentiation because I like to collaborate best I can with people and seek a win-win uh, conclusion or outcome, and uh, that's something that if we're really good at it, we all know that people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. So uh, that's one of my favorites.
1: How would a company or an entrepreneur identify which one of these or ones of these they should implement in their business?
0: Well, if it's a company, I would say get a half a dozen of your smartest people together and take advantage of the principle of collective intellect, that being all of us is smarter than one of us, and then let's look at these this list of uh, opportunities to differentiate and say, okay, what direction are we going to go in? We can't just be another me-too company. It doesn't work that well anymore. And then make some decisions as what kind of commitment you'll make to go into the marketplace in a manner that's refreshing and different and got some real advantages for people.
1: What's an example that you've seen in the real world of a company differentiating itself that was that really stood out in your mind?
0: Uh, wow, there's so many. I, I like to say that the companies that have not differentiated are the ones who have fallen behind and in many cases are out of business. Only the, the winners have survived. So I'd like to think that everybody who's in business today has figured out a way to sell value rather than cut price and attach that value to some really creative differentiators. I say, let's figure out a way to do some things differently from our competition. And maybe we change the offering a little bit, or maybe we change the, the traditional approach in some manner that's more customer-friendly. But you know, so many people have so many things competing for their time today. Anything we can do to erase some of the pain points of, uh, of a transaction that we're trying to do with somebody is going to be helpful to getting us to a, a quicker outcome.
1: What's your number one negotiating tip?
0: My number one negotiating tip, okay? I would say, well, i got more than one. It's going to be hard, Joe. But anyway, number one is... Un- we can do multiple ones. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing is understand the negotiation matrix. And in our book, The One-Minute Negotiator, we put together a matrix that's it's simple, but it's very important. And it outlines um, basically four different... Strategies of negotiation, and those four are avoidance, accommodation, competition, and collaboration. And for those who either have a copy of the One Minute Negotiator or want to snag one on Amazon, chapter outlines the matrix in great detail. But we need to—we all have a propensity to negotiate in one of those four ways in terms of what we, how we have evolved in our negotiation style. So whatever our preference is, that's what we really want to, want to go for in terms of, uh, of seeking a process of negotiating with people. But I think it's incumbent upon us to understand all four of the negotiation styles. So if we're negotiating with somebody who's preferring a different style, we can go into their arena and we can still win or come up with a win-win based on our knowledge of the different styles of negotiating. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Another tip I would think that is really key is that as Sun Tzu said in The Art of War, no one should ever go into a battle they've not already won. And essentially what he's saying is let's be very diligent about preparation. Let's anticipate what's going to take place based on past experiences with this individual or these individuals we're dealing with. And let's try to come up with a means and method by which we can succeed and and gain some predictability about how things are gonna come out. We can always roll with it if we need to, but prepare, prepare, prepare.
1: Well, we've talked about value, differentiation, negotiation. Out of all of what we've discussed, or perhaps something we haven't discussed, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? My best
0: advice ever for real estate investors? Hmm. Well. Since I have some experience in this arena, you know, I've had a lot of good things and bad things happen. and I don't know, I think you gotta really know your marketplace. You gotta really uh, clarify your own goals and objectives. And as you're trying to acquire properties, uh, you need to make some uh, really good decisions about what you're willing to do and establish your parameters of the high and low range of what you're willing to pay for a property before you even engage with people. And again, that's based on preparation and research. So I think we need to, to have some parameters and guidelines we want to go for. And my son and I have a, a little company where we've invested in single family homes for rental properties for years. And, um, <laughs> I provided the, uh, I provided the credit and he provided the legwork. And went out and start making offers and, uh, you know, he he made some people angry with low offers. But you know what? You ask enough people to sell at a price that you think is really going to be appealing to you. Somebody's going to say yes before long. You just got to talk to a lot of people. Now, I don't know how much time and energy people are willing to put into something that you know with a strategic approach of that nature. But um, we we got to try to gain some idea of the trends. We've all heard about the critical importance of location. I like to look at the trends. What direction are things going in? What are the trends that have taken place in a given part of town in the last couple of years? Is it going in the uh, upper direction or a downward direction? And I think as we track trends, we can project where they, where we think they might be by educated guess six, 12, 18 months from now. And that's gonna help us uh, improve the viability of our uh, assessment on what a property's gonna be worth over time. So
1: those are a couple of things that we keep mind. Don, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? <laughs> yeah, lay it on me. The- All right, just one second. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. Could you do more deals if you had more money and didn't have to waste time looking for financing? Are you ready to scale your real estate business and do more deals? Well, let's make that happen. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is ready to fund your next deal. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that has thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Find out more at patchofland.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com. All right, Don, best ever book you've read? Victorious Attitude by Oris Wett Martin. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it
0: best ever personal growth experience. Wow. I'm gonna say um, meetings I've uh, attended at the National Speakers Association to help me gain expertise in speaking and marketing my services.
1: What'd you learn from it?
0: Well, I'm gonna say um, things about expertise, do's and don'ts on the platform, especially in my earlier days, and then uh, sessions on how to market yourself, more successfully, and there are people who share lots and lots of -of out-of-the-box ideas, and sometimes we craft some strategies based on some things we learn at those meetings that prove to be very effective. I guess I'm saying the old philosophy, Joe, school's never out for the pro. Let's just keep on going to seminars and keep on learning.
1: What's one thing you learned from that experience that you shouldn't do whenever you're on stage? One thing you shouldn't do when you're on
0: stage. Well, profanity
1: doesn't do any good. I always ask the question, can it do any good or can it
0: do any harm? And if the sun can't do much good but it could do some harm, don't say it. You know, you've always heard, don't go into politics or religion on the stage. Probably good advice because even if most of the people agree with you, you might have 10% of the audience who doesn't and only one person going up to a meeting plan or saying they were offended might cost your future business.
1: Best ever success habit that you practice?
0: Best ever success habit that I have practiced. Uh, rise early, plan your day, and make it happen.
1: Best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: Uh, virtual training. And that's essentially our programs that we have on our internet based uh, platform called U.S. Learning VT. That way people can learn without going to a seminar, they just get on the internet.
1: Best ever book that you've written? Hmm.
0: Well, uh, I'm gonna say uh, it's, it's not it's not one of my New York Times bestsellers, but it was a book entitled The Sale that I wrote in 1992 that became the uh, sales training primer for a number of Fortune 500 companies that we sold in great volume to companies that getting all their new hires and all their salespeople and Many times through the years as I've addressed sales audiences, they've uh, gotten a copy of the book for all of their people. So my hope is that selling value will supersede my book to sale from back then.
1: Best ever quote.
0: Best ever quote. Well, I'm going to violate one of my own rules by mentioning something that's got political overtones, but it's my favorite quote. Sir Winston Churchill said, Socialism is the philosophy of failure, the creed of ignorance. The gospel of envy, and its only inherent virtue is the equal sharing
1: of misery. You clearly thought that that was going to do more good than harm, right? Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, I love that one. I'm obviously a a
0: shameless capitalist.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in business?
0: Business biggest mistake I've made? Uh, Well, early in my career, I got involved in collecting old cars. And while, uh, as a collector, it worked pretty well, and I actually made a good bit of money on it, it ended up, I spent so much time on that that it cost me uh, focus on my career when I, instead of writing my first book in 92, I probably should have written it in 78. So I think that probably, uh, that's probably
1: it. What's the best ever place to reach you, Don?
0: Uh, probably my office phone number in... If I'm not here, I get back with people promptly. Do you want to give that number out? That number is
1: 901 uh, Don, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about selling value and the importance of differentiating ourselves and how. I mean, you, you walked us through play by play how to differentiate ourselves from Let's stay away, as you said, from product or price. There's a lot more. There's relationship differentiation, there's experiential, there's process, there's technology, there's marketing. So, identifying what categories we should use to differentiate ourselves because once we differentiate ourselves based on price, then we're a commodity. And then there's just, it's just a bottomless pit of discounts and steep discounts. So really going, taking a step back and looking at how else can we differentiate ourselves other than from product and price. And then also talking about negotiating tips and identifying what is, first off, what is our negotiating style? Is it avoidance, accommodation, competition, or collaboration? And then assessing the person we're speaking to and what their negotiating style is. And also, as you were talking about, identifying those, those questions that you can ask. You know sellers and ask them. Tell me what you're trying to accomplish with this transaction. Really open-ended and really, as you said, a lot of times it's probably going to surprise us because perhaps we might think that it's all about price, but in reality, it might not be about price. It might be about terms. It might be about the confidence they have in us closing. It might be about the how quickly we can close that type of thing. So, Don, thank you so much for sharing your advice with the best ever listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. My pleasure. Hey, you, best ever listener.